Welcome to the Take 30 Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Alan Piggies. And I'm Mary Alex Anders. For this episode of Take 30, we will be going over COVID student relief money, followed by a 24-hour D-Now that took place this weekend, Kindness Rocks, and baseball. So let's dive right into the first story. If you are a student at Mississippi State University, you may have received COVID relief funding. Our Ross McLeod has more details on how students can receive these funds. Students at Mississippi State University are now able to apply for the American Rescue Plan Act. These funds are meant to help students get through the rough times throughout the pandemic, whether that is paying for rent or filling up their gas tanks. I'm going to use it on everyday living expenses like gas, food, rent, things like that. The payments range from $1,200 to $250. These amounts are based on the student's financial need if they completed the FAFSA and their enrollment status. I think for those who maybe are still, you know, seeing some deficits in their funds just from COVID stuff anyway, will probably like those funds will probably help them make that up. If you have not yet applied to receive these funds, it is not too late to do so. February 22nd is the due date. All you have to do is go to your My State page and you go to your student banner. It was very easy. You just had to go in there and press a button if you need the aid, they'll sort all that out. Yeah, I completed it last semester and then of course they say it rolls over. So I mean it took me like I don't I don't even remember doing it if that tells you how easy it was. There are more than twenty three thousand students enrolled at MSU and only fifteen thousand took advantage of these funds. Students are encouraged to sign up before February 22nd. For Take 30 News, I'm Ross McLeod. For more information, check out the Mississippi State Financial Aid Office website, www.sfa.msstate.edu. Here in the studio, I have Take 30's very own Ross McLeod with us. Ross, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, and you? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Ross covered the uh, COVID relief funding that Mississippi State students are able to access. Uh, Ross, could you give me uh, first uh, behind the scenes on what it took to get this story and maybe some information that you couldn't necessarily fit all in that story? So the story was kind of easy to get. Um, I simply received an email a few weeks ago about the funding and how students can easily apply for it. Mm. And the students, if you received this email, you were uh, you were included, so you can get the funding if you just apply. And if you applied last semester of the fall 2021 year, mm-hmm. you're automatically in for the spring 22, spring 2022 funding. So mm. it's that easy. So uh, to apply for it, all you have to do is go to your banner mm-hmm. in the, on your My State page and go to your financial aid, and it's under that financial aid section of your banner. Okay. So you probably wouldn't know this far into it. So, like, does every student have the capability of receiving these funds or, like, low-income students or, like, I don't know, is it, is it made able to everyone? So so the university um, basically decides that information, so they will go that look makes sense. at your FAFSA and see sense. your financial need. That but most sense. students who apply get some sort of funding, whether that's $250 mm-hmm. or $1,200. It just depends on your need and your enrollment status at the university. Perfect, perfect. Uh, well, is there anything else that you would like to add on this uh, COVID relief money that students are getting in the spring semester? Um, so you have to apply by February 22nd. If you don't apply by then, you won't get the money. Um, but yeah, if you've already applied in the 2021 school year, you are already reapplied, so you don't have to worry about it. You heard it here, folks, live on the Take 30 podcast. Uh, relief money is coming to Mississippi State students.
Now our next story. Disciple Now, better known as D-Now, is an in-town weekend retreat designed to help middle and high school students connect with God and grow their relationship with Him. Starkville Community Church hosted their very own version of this event this past weekend into a condensed 24-hour version. This took place from Friday at 5 p.m. until Saturday at 5 p.m. I spoke with senior youth pastor Tyler Brown, who led the event, and he gave me the inside scoop on how this impacts the local community and how Mississippi State College students' involvement as counselors and mentors really had an impact on the students. Yeah, uh, so my name is Tyler Brown, and I am the youth minister at Starkville Community Church. Okay, okay. And this event that took place this past weekend, uh, the 24-hour D-Now experience, uh, if you would talk to me a little bit about D-Now and the overall D-Now experience for people who don't know about D-Now. Yeah, sure, man. Uh, so D-Now is really just short, um, a shortened up term for disciple now. And so really the gist of a D-Now is kind of like, I kind of like to think of it as like a mini church camp type deal, if that makes sense. Yes, um, sir, just, yeah, just kind of crammed into, uh, usually it's a weekend, but in our case, we're just going to do it in 24 hours or in our case, we did it in 24 hours. Um, yes, sir. And, and so, yeah, but really the, the gist of a, a D now or disciple now is that uh, we bring the, you know, bring the youth together, bring the, the kids together at the church uh, so that they can, you know, have some fun and hang out and uh, grow together. But at the same time, we're trying to teach them uh, what it means to be a true disciple of Jesus, what that looks like, how to live yes, that sir. out. And uh, that's pretty much the pretty much the gist of it. Right. OK. Uh, my next question is, what are some of the festivities or uh, what are some of the things that took place over this past weekend at D now that added to that uh, experience of uh, being a true di a disciple for Christ? Yeah. Um, so we had three different, um, I guess you'd call them Bible study sessions or small group okay. sessions. Yes, sir. Um, and so, yeah, we divided the guys and the girls into two different groups and, um, I've had a few leaders that helped me out. Um, one of them was a, a husband and a wife that go to our church and then uh, a couple of college kids uh, that helped them out. And so we had a, the dad and some of the college kids lead the guys and then the mom and a few of the college girls um, teach the girls. Right. And we basically just had three different sessions um, and really it was just uh, one session was just about the importance of, of like why as followers of Jesus, why the word of God or the Bible is so important and crucial, right. um, why we need it. And then, you know, finding scriptures that talk about why we need it. But then also uh, another session was teaching them. Okay. So we know that we need it. So how right. do we, how do we look at it? How do we get it into us? And so our second session was about uh, memorizing scripture and journaling. Mm. And so how do, you know, we tell kids well, and Christians a lot, you know, we try to teach them, Hey man, you need to read your Bible. 
need to right. be reading your Bible. But how, you know, how do we, how do they do that? And, and what happens if they're reading something and they have no clue? Right. Because the Bible can be intimidating, what... this big book, and you read it. And um, this is just from my personal experience. When you, when I read the Bible, I just, I don't know, you, you, you can't, uh, I don't say you can't, but I don't really approach it as like you're reading like a normal book. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you take right. these certain scriptures and things that you've read, one, you got to properly know how to process it, how to feel about it. What does this mean? So it's a lot that goes into uh, reading the Bible. Uh, it's, it's easy to say, but uh, I can attest that that it, it's a challenge. You know, you got to take it piece by piece. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the fact that this was an experience for kids to actually process the Bible at their own pace and, you know, have mentors and leaders there to actually ask questions and, you know, talk about some feelings that they've had or questions that they had and things like that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it, man. And that's, that's was the goal. And then I think our third session, we closed out um, talking about prayer and uh, mm. just look, looking at what the Bible says about it, why it's right. important. And and then also taking some time um, and practicing that, you know, how do we pray, um, stuff like that. And so that, that was the goal of the weekend, man. And I, I, that those are the main ways we accomplished it uh, was those those three sessions. Um, and, and those were some powerful three sessions. I mean, just the, the breaking it down into those three different things, uh, especially for young people. I think that was very powerful. Very powerful, which takes me into my next question. Uh, was this the first D now to take place at the church? Uh, so this was not the first D now uh, we've done since I've been youth minister. Um, it We did one back in 2019. That was actually the, the first year I was at the church. Um, mm. And we did one. Uh, we partnered with the Caledonia community. It's It's kind of like uh, about a forty-minute drive from Charlotte. Yeah, I'm familiar. Actually... I'm from I'm from Columbus down the road, so I know Caledonia. Okay, yeah. So yeah, you know. So I, I grew up in Caledonia, and so I've got a lot of connections with churches there. And um, yeah, yeah. I wanted to uh, I wanted to like do it with other churches because a lot of times denials are done like that. And I wanted to do it with the Starkville area churches, but we had a date conflict to where we just couldn't pair up with them to do it that year. Right. So we did, we did one out in Caledonia in 2019, um, and that was really good. And then we really haven't been able to do one since, uh, just with COVID, and just it, it fell through several times trying to do one. Uh, right, right, like like a lot of stuff did. You know, we had no control. Right, that. right. So, okay, okay. Well. Well, okay, since you said this, the first D now that took place that you were a part of happened in 2019. Well, let me ask you, how did this concept even come about? That's a good question, Alan. I honestly, I honestly couldn't tell you. I just know by the time when I was um, a young Christian and involved in my youth group at the church I grew up in, uh, it was kind of already a, an established thing. Um, well, so I knew not, not necessarily the D noun process. I'm sorry, I should ask that better. As far as bringing the concept, because like you, like you said, you guys started in 2019 with in Caledonia. Then we brought it this year to uh, the Starville Community Church. So I guess that kind of answers my question because we saw the turnout in 2019 and wanted to bring that over here. So 
talking that yeah, out with you yeah. that just answered the question, which makes sense. Yeah, I got you, man. And yeah, that's um, yeah. We really just wanted to do that. We we really um, the community, the churches in the community did one um, earlier in January. We were planning to be a part of it, um, but we had kind of a small COVID outbreak in our church, and I actually yeah. myself came came down with COVID during the time it was supposed to be. So we had to back out of that, and so that's kind of how this came about. We wanted to still kind of recreate the. Yeah, discipleship the now experience, but with it just being with our church since we kind of missed out on the community one. So, yes, sir, yes, sir, I understand that. Okay, and that leads me to my next question, which is: Are we expecting something like this to take place in the future, as far as like a bigger turnout, or is because I'm I'm pretty sure we expect something like this to take place again in the future? But what would you say would be the the difference or how would you guys approach it uh, for next year's D now? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we definitely want to, to keep, keep doing it. Um, and honestly, our goal, I think for next year to grow it is going to be to try to get involved with the community wide D now and come together mm. with, come together with the other local churches. Um, yeah. Yeah, and still kind of have we'll still have like a host home from our own church and have our group spend some solo time together. But when we come together to worship and study the Bible, come together with uh, the other churches in the community. And I, I think that would be a cool thing for us to be a part of that we have not been able to do yet. So. And I, I definitely agree with you very much so, because when you have multiple people on board for the same positive thing, it's going to create such a huge, a huger impact than it was if it was solely just one organization doing it. So I definitely agree with you on that part, getting all those churches involved for uh, the future. That would definitely, definitely have a big impact on the local community here. Right, right. Yes, sir. And this takes us to my last question, which is for the ones out there listening, is there anything that you would like to add or comment about as far as D now or the Starkville Community Church? Uh, yeah, Alan, I would just say um, if you're in the Starkville area and um, you don't have a church, um, maybe you've even never been to church, uh, right. thought about it and, and need somewhere to plug in, then um, you can Google us, um, start with community church on Google and you can find uh, our website and has our address and service times. Um, and yeah, we'd love to, we're big on just, uh, we like to say that we try to connect with unconnected. And so yes, if you're sir. already plugged, if you're already plugged into a church, you know, we're not looking to pull you out of there. We just, uh, want you somewhere worship right. God, you know? Um, yes, and so, but if you don't have a place, then, uh, I would say, come, we have, two services on Sunday at one at nine 30 and one at 11. And uh, mm. then we have youth, we have youth Bible study every Wednesday night at six. And so specifically if you're a, you know, a middle school or high school student, or if you have kids that are that age, um, we'd love to have them join us sometime. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And just let me make sure going through everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, I just went through my list of questions that I had for you, Mr. Brown, and it looks like we've covered everything. Uh, D now, I feel like it's a very great experience. Uh, kids definitely should be a part of that. 
Uh, and well, let me ask you this. So say if we have uh, like, because of course we have a lot of college kids in the area here at, at Mississippi State. Say, you know, if this was something that they wanted to be a part of as far as like, oh no, not necessarily attending, but like being like a mentor or a counselor or say they just wanted to be plugged in in that way as far as just helping out when this uh, event comes up. They could just contact you or contact Starville Community Church or something like that. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, we we do we try our best to kind of be sure we know pretty well, um, you know, who are helping out with the youth. Um, right, right. So a lot of times, you know, right, yeah, a lot of times we try to pull college kids that are, you know, part of the church, faithful members of the church and uh, that we know, you know, that we can trust around, you know, the students and kids and stuff. And of so, course. but I would, I would say to college students listening that, you know, if, um, if you wanted to, you know, come and, and get plugged in and, and be a part, then there would definitely be a lot of opportunities to be able to serve and get involved and help out with whether it's future D nows or, or really anything, um, event wise with the church. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Mr. Brown, uh, that's all my questions that I have for you at this time. I wanted to, again, thank you for taking time out of your day to just conversate with me and just inform uh, myself and others listening on the D-Now experience that took place this past weekend. And uh, I'm so looking forward to the next year's turnout. I know it's going to be bigger and better than ever. And, um, yeah, I just want to thank you for speaking with me today. Yeah, Alan, I appreciate you having me, man. It's good to meet you, and I uh, enjoyed it for sure. After getting months of preparation, the Mississippi State baseball team took on the dude on Friday, February 18th, against Long Beach State. After having an exceptional season last year, winning not just the team's first, but the first national championship for any team sport at MSU. The Dogs beat Vanderbilt 9-0 in the championship game to take home the trophy. Yeah, last season was huge for Mississippi State, but it was also very different compared to previous seasons due to drama surrounding NC State and Vanderbilt. What could you tell us about that? So basically, to put it in a long story short, last year two NC State players who were not vaccinated tested positive for COVID-19, and then per the NCAA's COVID-19 protocols, the entire roster was tested, and then four came back positive, and the four positive tests were from vaccinated individuals present in the dugout during their last game when NC State played um, Vanderbilt. So then at, like, really early in the morning, mm. the NCAA announced, um, I think it was on Twitter, that they would rule a no-contest game to the upcoming NC State and Vanderbilt game that was supposed to play that day, that it would be a no-contest game and, like, due to, like, in quotes, like, for the safety of the players and all of that. And so it was a huge controversy because NC State was having an incredible season and had every right to be able to um, play to earn their spot in the championship game or um, to the last end of the tournament. And so with that rule to no contest game, Vanderbilt um, automatically advanced. And so it was a huge deal. Which is not fair. Yeah, it was a huge deal because everybody was like, well, Vanderbilt pretty much got a free pass and they didn't even have to play that last exactly. game in order for 
NC State to rule be ruled the, that they shouldn't play because the last game they played they played with only like nine players and I think um, like four pitchers so when they lost those four players it was a big deal because it was. Um, they would only be playing with a certain amount and so that's why it was ruled an uncon- a no contest game and then that's when MSU and Vanderbilt played for the title but that's what that whole controversy was about and it, it's even still talked about today. But um, with that being said, it's all said and done. Even though the dogs still took home the win against Vanderbilt, it still kind of yeah, it still kind of wasn't fair. But um, moving on from that, the dogs are still predicted to have a wonderful season. Um, but they did lose a few key players last year, like mm. our starting pitcher Will Bednar, who's unreal and I think he won like SEC player of the week and like then he had um player of the game and um a few other awards I think he had MVP and then a few outfielders Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan who were two of the most popular players last year you know they've been best friends since they got here they were roommates they were kind of like a dynamic duo and they basically were the ones that got the crowd going Tanner Allen obviously is known for um hitting bombs (laughs) (laughs) home runs grand slams you name it he's done it so, yeah, those were the two outfielders, but they all got drafted, all living their best life um, in the minors right now. And But despite that these were a few players that aren't coming back, there are still a lot of key players that are coming back, like our starting pitcher, Landon Sims, who was our closer last year. So if you don't know what a closing pitcher is, it's in my – like what most would view as, quote, like the best – play like the best pitcher on the roster so you have your starting pitchers who are obviously extremely well Houston Harding was one of those last year and Christian McLeod who also got drafted but um so Landon Sims was their closer but now on Friday on Friday he started as a pit as a starter which is Mm. a big adjustment for him but being the pitcher that he is he adjusted and is gonna do wonderful things this year um, and he's easily one of the most feared pitchers in college baseball right now and is definitely looking to get drafted. Arm of a cannon. Literally. <laughs> I mean, he's seriously unreal. But um, And then we have another one who's coming back, Luke Hancock, who which most a lot of people don't know that he actually came in as a catcher, but during the middle of the season last year they threw him to play first baseman, and he's been excelling at that position. And since we have um, – big 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 team player Logan Tanner behind the plate it's good to have them both on the field but Logan Tanner is one who really really made a name for himself last year hitting bombs and and then was also one of the best defenders behind the plate Um, he basically he made a really big staple in his career when he made a hit a home run against Vanderbilt last year and then threw up the NC State Wolfpack sign to the crowd as he was rounding the bases and that was just kind of like a iconic moment like it was huge and I mean that basically broke the internet when that happened and um but I mean he is a real big powerhouse when he steps up to the plate and he's a good team player the fans love him his teams love him his team loves him so it's gonna he's has definitely has a bright future ahead of him for this season he definitely he is starting again as catcher and both him Logan Hancock will see the plate went up to bat and then we have a few others like left fielder Brad Cumbist who is just a freaking tank in itself I mean 
not just his height and his strength, but just in order, like, him playing in left field, he's really made a big thing, mm-hmm. um, a big name for himself back there. And when he comes up to the plate, he had multiple home, home runs last year, especially when they were needed. And then you have shortstop Lane Forsyth, third baseman Cameron James, who's also extremely good when it up to bat, and then right field Braylon Skinner, who made um, – who hit a home run last year in the dude to go – and that was huge for Braylon. And I didn't realize how fast he was mm. when he. I mean, he just has a lot of speed um, behind those him. Bases. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's kind of like my take on this year. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about? One thing that I would just like to add is, I mean, Mississippi State baseball, especially after the amazing season, the amazing win that we had last year with the national championship, this year they're definitely going to be held mm-hmm. to a certain standard. Absolutely. Uh, not saying that they're not going to excel because, let's be real, these students are doing their thing. They're leaving it all on the mm-hmm. field. And I just have such good hopes for this year's season I'm excited to see the, them take place like you said with uh, the players that we have they came back and the adjustments of different positions and how people are excelling in their new positions it just sounds like yeah. all great stuff to me I'm excited to see what Mississippi State baseball is going to do yeah absolutely and just a little bit to add on it's not really just the players I think that contributed to their success I mean they played their hearts out course, but yeah. I also think and know for a fact that head coach Chris Lamontis is oh, just yeah. an amazing coach, oh, yeah. and I think he's one of the best additions to good leadership. State. Is yeah, a very positive State. thing. Like you need mm-hmm. good leadership, especially when you have when team sports, football, yep. baseball, basketball, having a good leadership. You can't go wrong with that. Yep. And Chris Lamontis, he has just made a staple on the baseball field in their locker room and even in the community. I mean, he's a community guy. He's amazing. He we treats everyone him. with kindness everywhere he goes oh yeah and even I think it's crazy how a few years ago when Jake Mangum was still here and they lost in the national championship he was a little bit teary-eyed at the post-game press conference and he just looked Chris Amonis in his eyes and he said coach you are going to be the first coach to bring a national championship home and that's exactly what he did especially after dealing with the whole COVID thing like everybody's world was flipped upside down Right, right and then not just to mention the fans this year um, are even going to come back better and louder and <laughs> stronger. And the louder. cowbells are going to be ringing even more, hoping As that we're going to be bringing home another national championship. I know I'll be at pretty much every single game. But, yes, um, yeah, that's my little take on it. Um, if you want to keep up with Mississippi State baseball, you can tune into their Twitter, which is at HellStateBB, or you can even tune into Sports Illustrated's branch um, from Mississippi State called Cowbell Connect. You can visit that website. And... Tune into not just baseball, but all things Mississippi State Athletics. But this week, moving on, this week is Kindness Week. So what better way to show some love than with Kindness Rocks? Molly, Molly McGuire takes us on campus to see what's rocking. So I think it's really important to have kindness on campus because you never know what people are going through. And just something small like a Kindness Rock might really brighten somebody's day in, in ways that you wouldn't expect it. The Health Promotion and Wellness Group at MSU has been on the drill field all week for Kindness Week. On Wednesday, they promoted Kindness Rocks, which students could color or paint. Partnered with our Healthy Minds, which are a student group underneath Health Promotion, and our Healthy Dogs, which are a student group underneath Health Promotion. And actually, they both collabed together, the organizations, to come up with the idea to do Kindness Rock, to be a way to show kindness and just have fun with this. The Health Promotion and Wellness team is going to be hiding these rocks around campus, so students, keep your eyes peeled. 
Kindness plays a portion of your physical and like your social well-being. So just by telling someone have a great day, you never know how far that will go. So it's very important to just reach out to the student body in any way we can to be that extra encouragement and to show them that Mississippi State is their home away from home. Some students have already heard of Kindness Rocks and even make them in their own hometowns. We have this back home and I love it there and it's really nice having a piece of home to bring back to campus. It makes it feel almost comforting. I think it's a really good thing to have here. Students who are struggling with stress and their mental health can visit the Student Counseling Center on campus or online. For Take 30 News, I'm Molly McGuire. To stay up to date with the MSU Health Promotion and Wellness Group, you can follow them on Instagram at MSUHPW. So I am sitting here with Molly herself. She's the one who just covered that story. So kind of tell me why, one, like, let's start off with talking about why you chose to do that story. Like what, how'd you find it? What made you want to do it? Yeah. So I was just like on Cowbell Connect, just like looking mm -hmm. at the events page and I saw it and it reminded me of something that we do in my hometown. It was like this big thing called Pensacola Rocks. And or are you time, from Pensacola, yeah. Florida? Oh, okay. That's so, awesome. Um, like they would just hide the rocks around the city. And so when you would find one, there was like an Instagram page for it. And it was just a really cool thing. So when I saw that on the Cowbell Connect, I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so fun. Mm -hmm. um, and then I just thought it was a really cool thing because like today or this week is kindness week. Mm -hmm. So it was just a sweet little idea of trying to like brighten someone's up, someone's day. Yeah, that's awesome. Were there any other um, things going on during like not just um, the rocks on this particular, is it something every single day this week that they were doing and then just the rocks was that specific day that you were, yeah, um, so, that you chose to capture? Yeah, so Monday was like, giving flowers to people mm -hmm. with like a sweet note. Um, and then I don't really know what they did the rest of the week, but then Wednesday was the rocks. And then mm -hmm. I think Thursday, they just had like a talk about like mental health awareness mm -hmm. and like staying yeah. kind. That's awesome. Others. And that's definitely think like kindness is especially since nowadays now um everyone's starting to bring more awareness to mental health and like what it means to be kind to people you know because you never know what somebody's going through behind the scenes so it's definitely important to always show that kindness even if it's just even if it's just to like a random stranger you know yeah exactly. and um so tell me kind of about like when you were shooting this what um like were key things that you chose to capture did you paint the? did you p get to paint a rock did yeah, you get to participate I, I in it did. it was really fun so like when I first got there like everyone was so nice and I asked to do the interview mm -hmm. the lady was so nice and really easy to talk to and then like everyone that was sitting there they just like asked me they were like oh like what are you filming like what are you up to so I just kind of like, chit chatted with them a little bit um and there were like all kinds of like people there that were just like painting or coloring or whatever. Yeah. So then when I got like all of my B-roll and finished up the story, like I started painting the rock because it was fun. <laughs> it was just fun and sweet. Yeah. And then I hid it somewhere on campus. So someone might go find it. <laughs> Wait, that is, so, that's so cool. I, I wonder, because I kind of remember something of this happening like last year, I think, because I literally remember like finding a rock that just said yeah. like, I can't remember what it said. I think it was like, you're beautiful or something like that. I was like, this is so sweet. Yeah, <laughs> like it like, really does. Where did this stay. rock come from? Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I definitely think that's like the coolest thing. So what was your favorite part about like getting this story and even um, like, did you make some interactions or even like make some friendships or meet new people or anything like that? What was your favorite part about gathering the story yeah. and putting it all together? Definitely talking to Amani. She was mm -hmm. one of, she was like the graduate assistant for like the health promotion and wellness. And she was just so fun to talk mm -hmm. to. And she just like, like she was like, 
at the end she was just like, you are so beautiful, like have a great day. And it was just like, oh, like it made, it yeah. made me so happy. And I just knew that like she was making other people's days, like anyone yeah. that walked by, like I just knew that she was just having a great time. And she like was so genuine about it. Yeah. Like she genuinely wanted to like help the students and make them feel yeah. like safe that's and better. That's so important, yeah. Yeah, so I love talking yeah, to her. Yeah, that's awesome. I think like I love that this week was Kindness Week too, especially because Valentine's Day was what, mm-hmm. Monday? Yeah. And even though Valentine's Day can be like such a cute and sweet day for people, for others it could mean something completely different you know what yeah. I mean and so I think that this week definitely if like anybody was down about Valentine's Day or even down about anything that's happening in your life or anything that's going on at school I mean I know like we're college kids we're supposed to have it all together yeah. you know like I remember when I was younger I would look up to college kids and I'm like oh my gosh Same. they know exactly what <laughs> they're doing you know and now we're in college and we're all like we have no idea what we're doing you know Literally. and so like we all go through our own struggles and I think it's so great for the campus and like for organizations like like this to really take into account like that it's so important to just remind students that like you're doing good you know what I mean yeah. to remind them of positive things that are going on um or just remind them of positive things that maybe they don't even hear often or even think of themselves often so I think that's such a like good and beautiful thing and even if you aren't didn't get to participate in the rock thing or anything going on this week for kindness week like every week can be kindness week you know like it's not just one like dedicated week but I think it's such a cool and awesome thing that it's that the university promotes weeks like this you know and um yeah so do you have anything else that you want to like mention or talk about or anything you want to say um no not really (laughs) just like I was gonna say exactly what you said that like we should kind of think of every week as kindness week Mm -hmm. because like everyone always has something going on like whether like big or small yeah and and even the smaller battles can even mean something so big to someone yeah you know so I just think it's always important to just be kind to others because like you can literally just say like oh your hair looks really good today or just yeah. some, something small and it could literally change their and entire it, day. yeah because you never know like they yeah. could be feeling insecure in their hair that day yeah. you know? I mean <laughs> exactly. I know I do all the time know, sometimes same. like I can get out of bed looking like a bum or I can yeah. and even when I do feel like I'm looking like a bum if somebody just just like wow you look great today Mary yeah. <laughs> and I'm like Thank you. I appreciate it. But um, yeah, so that was such a cool story that you got. And I'm so glad that we were able to talk about this and kind of spread the word about Kindness Week. So if you miss Kindness Week, I'm sure sometime next semester they'll have something going on or even next year. But Mississippi State, I'm pretty sure, has stuff like this going on all the time. Um, All you have to do is just go on to isn't it like Cowbell Connect and you just look at the events that are going on around campus and you can figure out what ways you can do to contribute to the university and to different organizations and to even just like make somebody's week so today's message I feel like overall is to just be kind to other people you know so thanks for dropping in Molly it was good to talk to you we will see you (laughs) next time all right well that was it for today's Take 30 podcast episode Thank you for listening to this week's Take 30 podcast. I hope we were able to give you some insightful thoughts on some insightful events. We'll see you next week on the podcast. Once again, I'm Alan Piggies. And I'm Mary Alex Anders. Have a good week, y'all.